welcome to the Buffet Mix Podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, uh, editor of ChopChat.com. Hope you guys are doing well. Happy Easter to everyone out there. If you saw uh, my post on Twitter, yeah, I just woke up not too long ago from a huge power nap after eating all that food. Um, if you missed it, man, go check check out uh, KH Chop Chat uh, on Twitter and you'll see uh, the spread that my mother-in-law made. Man, it was, whew, man, I felt like it was Thanksgiving. Woo! But um, apologies, man, for taking so long to uh, get out this episode. Um, this this week was crazy. Then, of course, we had all of the Amaris Mem stuff going on. So, you know, it felt like information was moving so fast that if I if I put out a podcast, you know, it could be outdated. So we're just trying to get a, a better feel for that. But um, we're going to get into um, some spring game stuff and then, of course, the Mem situation. Uh, but before we do that, I um, want to shout out our sponsor, I Believe with uh, betonline.ag, um, the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Uh, find out all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and next season's futures. Um, also, uh, MLB is back. Um, who you think is going to go to the World Series? Um, it's still early, but you know, put your picks in there. See if it'll pay off later. Um, super easy to get started. Uh, head over to the website today to use our mobile device to join. And use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. But yeah, man, uh, let's talk about the spring game. Uh, I know a lot of people were complaining about the format uh, and the uh, the broadcast. You know, definitely the broadcast were trash, you know, as is most things with the ACC network. Um, to my understanding, I know some people were blaming FSU for that, but... Um, someone came out from Seminole Productions and basically was like, you know, they had to do what ESPN wanted them to do. So they really didn't have any say so. So can't really blame those guys or Mike Novell. You know, it is what it is. It's just the ACC network being the ACC network. Um, but as far as the, you know, the way the format of the spring game was, I know people, you know, were complaining about that. And yeah, I mean, I guess if you, if you, you know, took time and traveled a long way to, to the game and, um, you know, spent money and all that good stuff, you, you probably did want to see, um, more, I guess, actual football per se. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I felt like overall, you know, they, they showed enough football that, you know, you, you got your money's worth. I mean, you got to see the players. I'm sure, you know, you could get autographs, pictures with players, um, and, you know, they, they honored Gene Deckerhoff, um, so forth and so on. So I, you know, I really have too much of a, of a gripe. If I had, if I had driven down there, you know, I mean, you got to, you got to see football, you got to experience the stadium, um, you know, got to visit, visit different places or whatever. I, I probably wouldn't have, have complained too much. And, and listen, I am, I, I'll tell you, I'm one that I am not going to spend money unless I have to. So, uh, you know, people find whatever they want to complain about. Um, but as far as the performances in the game, you know, I, I don't take too much away from that because you had you had a lot of guys that either didn't play or played very limited snaps. You know, it, it is a, a glorified scrimmage. You know, I've said that several times going into the um, the actual, you know, game or whatever. Um, but I feel like, you know. You're going to be fine at most of your positions. I feel like the team is way more ahead of where they were this time last year 
um, from a from a talent standpoint, from a from a depth standpoint. If you begin listening, one, one of my first podcasts that I had was I was talking about how I felt. And this is in the fall uh, where I felt like the, the, the 11 starters on each side of the ball were were good enough to compete with most of the teams on the schedule. You know, my fear was that when those starters came out, you know, there was going to be a, a severe drop off and, you know, especially a quarterback, you know, and actually <laughs> the drop off was, was even worse because, you know, McKenzie Milton, you know, he wasn't able to play at the level that we thought he may be able to. Um, so, you know, losing, losing Jordan Travis for basically the equivalent of four games, you know, any, any team that loses their starting quarterback is going to have some drop off and going to drop some games. They probably shouldn't. So, you know, I always kind of put that into context. Um, when I look at last year, you know, kind of go, it kind of goes back to, uh, I think it was the 2011 team with Jimbo Fisher. If you remember, um, EJ Manuel got hurt and missed, missed some time and, uh, FSU, um, dropped some games that they more than likely wouldn't have dropped that year, that year if, uh, Manuel hadn't gotten hurt. So, um, you know, they lost to Clemson and Wake Forest that year and, the, that probably doesn't happen if Manuel doesn't get hurt. So, you know, your quarterback is 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 a huge part of your success, and, and most teams don't have a, a great, capable quarterback. So I thought running backs, Trey Benson is going to be a dude. You know, I was saying that, um, you know, as the game was going on, I was, you know, just eye emojis everywhere like, hey, we – you know, Toy Feely was ran hard. He looks a little bigger. Looks like he was running with more physicality. Um, you know, even you know CJ Campbell to walk on. Uh, you know, DJ Williams. You know, showed a little something. So I feel good about the the running back room. Um, tight end room beyond Cameron McDonald. Oh man, it's it's a whoo. They have way too many bodies at that position. And very little talent, so that is probably that they are going to replace the wide receiver position as the um, uh, weakest link on the team uh, compared to last year. Um, you know, I, I don't know. You got McDonald. You kind of you know he brings what he brings to the table. You know he he's, he's going to be around twenty five thirty catches. You know two hundred and fifty yards, maybe three hundred yards. You know a couple touchdowns. And, um, you know, you kind of, you know, you kind of, it is what it is with that position. So I won't spend too much time on that. Um, just way too many drops from guys. Uh, Jackson West, you know, he dropped the ball. Marquise and Douglas dropped the ball. And um, I don't know, maybe, maybe they'll try to force feed Cam more this year. I, I don't know. But, you know, that's something to keep an eye on. They might, they might go into the portal if somebody jumps in there that they feel like they can get. Um, and there could be some guys that, enter the portal uh, from that position if, you know, they feel like they're not going to get any runs. So that's something else to watch. Uh, wide receivers, I know a lot of people have been, you know, kind of kind of down on the wide receiver position. Um, of course, Winston Wright getting hurt in a car accident, you know, that, that definitely hurts. Um, and there's, there's no telling if he'll be back for the fall or if he is what, uh, what type of uh, influence he can have. Uh, Micah Pittman, I, I've seen enough for him to believe that, you know, he's going to be an upgrade over anybody that they had last year. Um, he's a guy that you can do a lot of things with 
Uh, he's not going to be really, you know, explosive as far as, you know, take the top off of a defense or anything like that. But I feel like if you need to get four or five yards, you know, he can do it in a, in a variety of ways and he's going to catch the ball. And the one thing I like about him is when he catches the ball, there's no dancing and jiving. He is catching the ball and he is going straight upfield to get what he can get. And I can't tell you how many times we've seen wide receivers from FSU over the past few years catch the ball, going all the way back to DJ Matthews, catch the ball, and you ju- you know juking and jiving, not going anywhere, and you get tackled short of the first down. Um, so when I see when I saw Pittman do the, that several times, I was like, hey, I'll take that all day long. Uh, Johnny Wilson got to catch the ball. Um, he's going to be boom or bust. I feel like a, I feel. Even and I wrote about this too. You know, he's he's you know about the same size as Kelvin Benjamin, um, same weight. Probably he may be a little faster than Benjamin. But if you go back to Benjamin's redshirt freshman year, he had about thirty receptions for five hundred yards and four touchdowns. And I feel like that's probably about what you're going to get from Johnny Wilson as long as he stays healthy. And if you can get that from him, you know, thirty thirty receptions, you know, five hundred yards, four touchdowns. That's better than anything you had last year. Right. So you kind of have to take that. And I feel like FSU's off, you know, Novell and those guys do a good enough job of scheming guys open that uh, they can get him open enough to make him an impact player, especially uh, in the red zone. And he had an opportunity in the red zone and, uh, you know, he was wide open and Tate Rotomaker just threw it, you know, 12 yards over his head, um, which we can't have. So uh, overall, I feel like, um, you know, wide receiver is going to be an upgrade over last year. I'm, Right now, I'm not too concerned. You know, they got plenty of time to continue learning offense, to you know, get time in, to develop some rapport with Jordan Travis, and um, you know, kind of go from there. Offensive line, you know, considering the guys that were out, you know, I feel like you know they're going to be uh, not bad this year. You know, I've said it before; they're mixing and matching, and some guys were out. I know Darius Washington was out. Um, I think he had to have a minor surgery, but you know he should be back by the fall. But with those, if they had to pick out five right now, I feel like they could, and that five would be you know decent at, at the very least. Um, the thing is, you don't know what you have from a depth perspective. Um, players like uh, Thomas Schrader, you know, he's coming back from injury, working his way back. You got uh, Lloyd Willis, and and. And some others out there that you you know, you kind of hoping over the next four months. And again, you got another you know almost four months or so before you play a game, and a lot of things can happen between now and then. Um, and I'm sure you know they'll they'll probably target. Obviously, they're targeting Mims, and we'll we'll get into him in a little bit. Um, but I'm sure they'll probably look for um, another um, person if they enter the portal that they feel like they can help them. So if that happens and they can grab one or two other, uh, offensive linemen, then they'll feel a whole lot better about that particular, uh, group. Um, defensively, I am, I've been saying it since forever. You know, I was one of the first guys last year that was talking about the defense and the defense was an issue. Everybody's blaming Adam Fuller, excuse me. And lo and behold is the, defense you know got more cohesion um he figured out you know where they where they play the best as a unit uh, as far as you know guys in particular positions once once he figured that out you know that was a a a better than average defense and so he already knows 
almost all of those things this year. Guys have experience in, you know, in in the defense. They've added uh, you know, Tatum Bethune, which is going to be – he didn't play in the spring game, but, you know, he's going to start at linebacker along with Caleb DeLoach. And I've said it time and time, time and time again, you have leadership and, sen- you know, senior or upperclassmen experience on the D-line in the middle, in the middle of the defensive linebacker, and in the secondary. So you got Dent and Jamie Robinson in the secondary back there. You got Deloach, Bethune, and then you got Cooper and Lovett. You know, and almost anything, any sport you, you can think of. If you, you always want to be strong with the middle, like in baseball, catcher, shortstop, you know, second baseman, center field, you always want to be strong with the middle. And the same holds true with the defenses. So, uh, at, at defensive end, you know, Jerry Versa is going to be a guy, you know, obviously I don't, I don't expect him to match Jermaine Johnson, but I think he's going to, he's going to make his presence felt. I feel comfortable with Dennis Briggs and I've already talked about Derrick McClendon and, you know, it look, looks like Patrick Payton, you know, could take that next step as well uh, there at defensive end. And then they got some other guys they can kind of, you know, put in there um, for some, some depth pieces. Um, going into the secondary, you know, I feel pretty confident with what they have um, back there. And whether they go with Renato Green at field corner or Kevin Knowles or Greedy Vance, you know, I feel like they're going to be fine either way. So, you know, going out of, out of spring, I feel I feel really good about the program and the direction it's going. Think about it. You don't see – you don't see a whole bunch of, you know, showboating and, you know, gestures and things that we used to see anymore. You know, guys just you know come up, make a play, boom, go to the next play. It kind of reminds me of uh, back in the day with Lamarcus Jordan. Lamarcus Jordan would make like the most spectacular play. I mean, he would come down and lay the wood on somebody or he would like get an interception or he would return a kickoff, you know, 90 yards and he would just get up like nothing happened and just go right to the next play. And I feel like that's something that you know, is kind of an identity that, you know, this particular team is, is taking a pun. And Mike Novell has talked about, you know, if you had a, a later, you know, give an identity to this team, he's like, this team comes to work. And, you know, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens in, you know, going into um, the summer and, in fall camp, you know, we've already seen some departures in the transfer portal. Um, obviously, we, we discussed Jarvis Brownlee, but we also had uh, Hunter Washington and Jordan Young enter the uh, transfer portal. You know, Jordan Young just never, you know, found, you know, in, you know his place to, to really excel for whatever reason. And Hunter Washington, you know, I think he just, you know, basically saw the writing on the wall. Um, the highest recruit in the, um, what's that? 2021 um, recruiting class uh, already buried on a depth chart. Um, so you kind of hate it for the kid. You know, he's a hard worker from, from all that I know, but it's also a good sign that, Hey, you know, they already have guys that, you know, will supplant him on, on the depth chart. So, you know, you know, that's a really good sign. So as those guys depart, because they probably won't want to play, you know, you want to look at additions from the portal that are going to impact the team as a whole. Um, you know, they're not going to take anybody from the transfer portal at this point that they, that they don't believe is going to help them win. You know, it's a different, you know, it's a different 
um, they're in a different place than they were a couple of years ago when they were taking like the defensive end from Baylor, when they were basically just taking bodies and hoping that, you know, hey, this guy can contribute in some fashion. You know, that's not that's not the case now. So this program's in a different spot. Um, guys that they take in the portal, they're looking for guys that you can come in and play right now, and they know, you know without a shadow of a doubt they're going to help in some capacity. So if you see them targeting guys in the portal, I know they uh, had a guy on campus over the weekend, a defensive tackle from Maryland, who played high school football with Joshua Farmer and was coached by Corey Fuller, you know, who's also who's on the staff now. And, you know, he's looking up Florida, Florida State and Miami, I think it is. And he's set up a, an official visit uh, in a bit, according to uh, 247. So with that, you know, they're already looking at, at, at the future. They know they're going to lose um, Cooper. They know they're going to lose Lovett. They know that, you know, Ray and Jackson will return next year more than likely and will be, you know, serviceable. They know they, they like the the young defensive tackles they have. Uh, with Bishop Thomas and Daniel Lyons. And, but at the same time, they know they're going to continue to need bodies at that position. So, you know, um, uh, the Jackson kid, you know, played as a freshman and you know, kind of exceeded expectations up there as a as a three-star. So that's someone that they could look to bring in. So that's the type of thing they're going to do going forward. If, hey, they're going to identify a guy, if they think you know he can help, then, you know, they're going to bring him in. Um, but let's transition over to the uh, Marius Mem situation. You know, man, you talk about <laughs> man. Twitter was so fun uh, over over the last few days, um, going back and forth with Miami fans. You know, the first, you know, so uh, I think it was last Sunday. You know, it was kind of came out that he was going to enter the portal. So automatically, you you assume FSU's going to be in the picture. They recruited him really hard, hard out of high school. Um, Alice Atkins kept that relationship going. And uh, but one of the first things that came out was uh, the, U- the Georgia guy from two four seven Rusty Menzel was like he was hearing that Miami was a favorite to land him, and and at the time I put on Twitter and I was like that that makes no sense because you know he had no ties to Miami he had no ties to Oregon you know he, Miami wasn't in his final six um, you know it was FSU Oklahoma and then four other SEC schools now with him. Uh, being in the SEC and not entering the transfer portal before um, the spring semester, then that meant he would have to sit out a year if he wanted to transfer to an SEC school. So, you know, that kind of, you know, we knew he didn't want to do that. So that pretty much rules out an SEC school. And so I was like, well, how I don't get unless it's tied to NIL, I don't see how Miami's really in the picture like that. You know, you say, well, Miami's bragging about all the NIL stuff they're doing and, you know, they're leasing cars to the players and, you know, and all this other stuff. But I'm like, well, he was at Georgia, bro. Um, NIL money probably isn't an issue um, with him. So he wants to leave. I don't think it's really about money. You know, he's a country guy from Georgia. You know, Miami's a totally different animal for one. And he has no ties to the coaching staff down there. So, I, you know, I just, I don't, I, you know, I'm not an insider. And so, I, I you know, I just kind of look at things from a bird's eye view and, you know, and I just look at information and then I use common sense. And I'm like, mm, I just don't, I don't know. I, unless it's NIL related and, you know, you know, and they are, you know, touting what they're doing NIL wise, which I'm still not really impressed with. You know, I was like, but money talks, you know, who knows, you know, 
I mean, recruiting is recruiting. And then it comes it comes out that he's going to visit FSU on an, on an uh, official visit. Um, and I kind of felt like, well, I had some mixed emotions about that. You know, I, I was I was looking at the report that he was going to visit Miami. And and if and I put myself in uh, Mims's shoes, I said, OK, if I was him and I and I was and I knew Florida State was interested and I knew Miami was interested personally, I would I would visit both schools. OK, because I want to see the options. OK, and so whenever he visited, you know, FSU first, you know, I was like, OK, well, it's an official visit. And then it kind of came out that he, you know, mom wants him in FSU. That's kind of the, the thought, you know, it's closer to home. Um, and like I said, you know, money probably isn't isn't a big, bigger, biggest factor because, I mean, he went to Georgia. I mean, we all know what Georgia does on the recruiting trail, right? And so, you know, by all accounts, you know, his visit goes well. Um, you know, Mike Novell and those guys lay out the red carpet, you know, meet him at the hotel. The whole staff is there. Um, he goes into the Moore Center. The whole Moore Center is there. Welcome him there. War chants going everywhere. Dun, dun, dun. And... Twitter is just a buzz because, you know, FSU has a former five-star offensive tackle, left tackle on campus, and you feel really good about him uh, choosing FSU. And, of course, you have the report from Warchant that, you know, he intends to sign, whatever. I actually I went to sleep that night, and I woke up. I actually woke up at about 2 o'clock, and I saw uh, – uh, the video of um, the Warchant guys talking about the impact of Mims coming to FSU, and I was like, "What?" You know, I mean, I was just like, "Wait, what?" And so uh, I just went back to sleep and woke up the next day, and I had all these notifications, you know. And I was like, "I was like, wait, what?" And I was trying to just catch up on what happened, you know. So I was kind of just you know, looking, reading notifications, and reading information, and I would kind of piece together what I thought happened. And I was like, okay, okay. I was like, that that doesn't make any sense, though. But, um, you know, Ira is one of the few, or actually he's the only person I've ever talked to uh, on a personal level, either on the phone or text or email. He is the only person. Um, so um, cool guy. Respect Ira. Um, and so, you know, he, he, he wrote a story and I uh, standing by it. And, you know, the whole thing was, you know, whenever Mims left and, you know, there was no public commitment and, you know, and I knew it was going to happen. Fans just started, uh, oh, you know, we we dropped the ball and, you know, they couldn't close the deal and blah, 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 blah. And and I had to, you know, I had to post it on Twitter. I was like, well, guys. Even if he said, hey, if he came out and they posted a video or they did a graphic and he was like committed to FSU, like it means absolutely nothing. If he did said he was committed on Friday, it means nothing. You know, so I know some people are like, oh, you know, they shouldn't have let him leave without signing. And how could they let this happen? They dropped the ball. Guys, they can't. He, there's nothing to sign. There's nothing to sign. The only thing the only thing that would bind him is enrolling at FSU and he can't enroll. Um, at FSU, uh, I think for another least week or two, maybe sometime in May. I, I don't know when the actual uh, registration date or classes begin, but that's the only thing. You know, he he can sign an NIL, NIL deal, whatever. Um, there is nothing binding him. 
excuse me, to FSU except for him enrolling. Now I know there's rumors about, you know, him potentially um, going back to Georgia. Uh, and listen, he is a player that Georgia did not want to lose. Um, you know, so, you know, some people may say, well, you know, uh, FSU dropped the ball. You know, they, listen, they they did everything that they could do, uh, you know, from you know letting him know he was on it, presenting whatever NIL deals, playing time, yada yada yada. Like I said, the only thing is, you know, the way the way the timing that he entered the portal, you know, it it allowed, you know, it's unlike whenever guys uh, enter the portal, you know, right before like around Christmas time, and then FSU spring semester starts, you know, right after New Year, and guys, you kind of got to make a decision. Hey, look, we got to get you in these classes, so. Either you coming or you're not. So we need you to come, right? That kind of puts a different pressure on a player to make a decision. Whenever he entered the portal last Sunday, he's looking at, you know, almost a month before he technically has to decide, hey, I'm going to enroll at Florida State or I'm going to enroll at, you know, wherever. Or, you know, he could say, hey, uh, I changed my mind. I know Georgia still wants me, so I'm going to take my name out of the portal and go back to Georgia. Right. So right now, I really don't know what's going to happen. And by the time I finish this recording, something else could have changed um, as far as that whole situation. Um, so until I, I think he te technically has to take his name out of the portal. I think that's how that works um, before. I guess he could go back to Georgia if that's the case. Um, uh, but as far as FSU goes, I mean, he could come out and say, I'm committed today. He could not say anything. He could just not do anything and then just show up and enroll at FSU. And then, you know, he would be, you know, an FSU player. So everybody talking about, you know, the coaches shouldn't have let him leave without signing or whatever. That's, you know, that, that's impossible. That, that was not something that they could do. Uh, they had no power over that. So that was beyond their control. All they could do is lay out, you know, the vision, why they want him. Um, how he would be taken care of, you know, uh, let his mom know it's a great place, so forth and so on, and then kind of go from there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, hopefully they land him. Uh, if they land him, it would be massive. Um, and I know people already talked about it, so I'm not going to just, you know, repeat uh, what everybody else has been saying. I mean, you know what the – Offensive line, and particularly the offensive tackles, have looked like at FSU over the past five or six years. So, you know, he instantly upgrades everything there. Um, but from a perception standpoint, it would it would change. It would be a game changer for FSU. Um, now, this this you know, it did not go it did not go exactly how I guess I guess the best thing would have been would have been if he'd have came and. Um, you know, left. He, I don't feel like he had to commit, you know, that Friday, you know, uh, a lot of times recruits want to just kind of go home, think about it, whatever, for a couple of days, and then they'll make an announcement. I feel like if, you know, and that still may happen. I you know, I don't know. Um, I feel like if he, you know, would have, um, you know, left and then had an announcement like today or, um, in the next couple of days, Monday, Tuesday, you know, I feel like that's like, boom, you know, it wasn't a hard decision. He knew FSU was the spot he wanted to go. He made a decision, and then ultimately he enrolls. Um, you know, if it if it you know stretches out, and then he um, you know takes another visit somewhere else, or you know whatever, and 
and then uh, rolls at FSU. You're not not. I mean, obviously you're happy, but you know it's it just drags everything out, and it's like it's like you don't have the same momentum that you had last year on the recruiting trail. Um, it just felt like last last week, man. It was it was like whew, it was a lot of juice online with uh, FSU talking smack to Miami fans and and all that good stuff. Um, you know, but you, you kind of just want some clarity um, with the whole situation, and hopefully that'll happen soon. And uh, hopefully they get him, you know, but if he ultimately decides to um, stay at Georgia, then, you know, basically the, the young man is doing what he what he feels best. But 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 there's a reason he wanted to leave Georgia. You know, there's a reason Georgia did not want him to leave. And so you kind of have to you know, we, we don't know. I don't know the particulars about it, but. You know, anything's possible. And like I said, you know, nothing can happen with FSU until he enrolls. So you just got to sit tight, be patient. Even if they don't get Mims, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you put time and resources into a guy. He's worth all of it. Um, but if they don't, there's uh, there'll be other players out there that they can um, that they can go. The thing is, you know, he's just not a former top 10 overall player. Um but I feel like the offensive line is is going to be better than it was last year. And if they can just stay healthy, if they can just stay healthy, you know, Jordan Travis can stay healthy. I feel like this team is gonna is gonna win a minimum seven games, probably eight or more. Oh, I won't say eight or more. Let's say eight. You know, seven or eight games. Um, they would have done it last year had Jordan Jordan got, not gotten hurt. And uh, they have a more talent overall. I feel. And um, you got guys that are, you know, in the system for the, you know, the third year on both sides of the ball. And I just feel like, you know, the program's going in the right direction. Uh, guys are putting in the work. Uh, the roster overall is better. And um, we'll just see. We'll just see how it shakes out. But um, that's about all I have. Um, like I said, I'm sure information is probably going out there now. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap here uh, in case that is the, the case. And if something comes out in the next couple of days uh, regarding MIMS or anything else, then we'll, we'll do our best to, to get a pod out there to you guys. But um, if you haven't had an opportunity to subscribe, make sure you do so. Um, if you haven't had a chance to submit a five-star review, um, please do so. We appreciate the support here at the uh, Built for Playmakers podcast. Um, appreciate you guys shouting out um, us on uh, social media. Um, if you haven't uh, followed us on Twitter, we're on there and we're pretty active. That's built for the number four um, playmaker. And um, again, we appreciate the support, guys. Make sure you um, check out the sponsor, uh, betterline.ag. And uh, until next time, go know. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.